Hello everyone, this is You've Got 5 Options, a radio show where we prove that 5 is a magic number. Our experts will give you 5 tips on how to make your private or professional life better. We will solve your life challenge by giving you 5 different options to choose from. And our guests will answer 5 exciting questions while life on Earth. Tune in and feel the magic of five. Hello everyone, this is Marta and this is You've Got 5 Options show. As you can see, Anna, or maybe here if you are listening to me, uh, Anna is not here today and Estefania is not here today either. But we have some really, really good news. The little baby girl, the reason why Anna is taking her maternity leave, is finally born. Slightly overdue, but finally with her family. So our warmest congratulations to Anna, Dave and Alexandra for welcoming the new family member. All the best to all of you. And for as a celebration of Gabriela being born, we also have our beautiful guest, whose name is also Gabriela today. Hello, Gabriela. Hello, Marta. Thank you very much for having me. I am so excited to have you here. And I will also ask you to please read your last name or you don't have to read it. You can just <laughs> say it. I would have to read it and I do, would not like to mispronounce it. So just tell us your full name, please. Yes, my full name is Gabriela Chanadi. Yes. Okay. So, guys, I have met Gabriela when I was participating in a Conscious Women Rising uh, workshop, a beautiful day where many empowered women met together to lift each other up. And I was a speaker there, and so was Gabriela. And Gabriela was having this most beautiful speech really heartwarming speech where I was like really just sitting and I was enchanted uh, with your story. And now I am so happy to have you here. And we will be discussing the topic of your uh, story that day, which is finding your soul home. And uh, that's a beautiful thing. And um, I would like to start by talking about you a little bit, Gabriela. So I would like to give you an opportunity right now to tell our guests a little bit about yourself. What's important about you? Well, if um, I like to think of myself as a, an adventurer, an explorer, a free spirit. And um, if you ask me what I'm, what I'm doing, then uh, I'm a deep coach. I'm a teacher. And um, I'm an anthropologist as well, so I have uh, different roles in my life. And um, I'm also the creator of the Soul Home concept, the approach that uh, I introduced at this event that you mentioned. The Soul Home is uh, basically the, the homecoming within you, the homecoming within yourself and connecting to your deepest um, truth, to your to your really, your being. And um, 
it goes back to my story. So yes, mm-hmm. we can we can start with my story because I created this approach actually because for a long, long time in my life I didn't feel on the right place. I didn't feel home in uh, in my jobs. I didn't feel home in the places that I have been. I didn't uh, feel home in you know in the relationships I had, and uh, yeah. I really had the yearning, the inner longing to to just have this sensation of being home, arriving and, and connecting to myself. Yeah, that's a very valid uh, topic, I believe, in today's uh, society where we are more and more mobile, where we leave our families, we leave our communities behind, we travel a lot, we live in different places. I think many people uh, lose this uh, feeling of belonging and this feeling of what home really is. Mm. I think it has always been this way. I think even when we were living where we were born, I think there were always people who had this longing for something more and for finding the real home. But I think nowadays it's a really big and very common feeling that people experience, this longing for finding your real home. Yes, I I absolutely agree with you. It doesn't have only to do with the location and not feeling home. Maybe you can, you know, you can experience this feeling by not feeling home in your family, feeling different. I mean, for me, it goes back to my to my childhood and to an experience abroad because I uh, was born and raised in in Hungary, in communistic Eastern Europe, and um, I was around ten years old when my mom came up with the idea that uh, she would like to become a, a Steiner teacher. She would like to study anthroposophy, but back then in Hungary, it was not possible. So she she had the idea to go to Vienna, which is just a neighboring country, Austria to us. But, um, you know, I said, okay, I really admired my mom's pioneering spirit. And I said, okay, I will go with you. Let's have this experience together. And um, then the 10 years old, 11 years old little girl from the idyllic village in Hungary arrived in the, in the big city. And uh, I was in an international class, uh, Waldorf School or Rudolf Steiner School. And uh, the kids just, they seemed to be so self-confident. And so, you know, there was a very, very interesting atmosphere. I felt, I felt I'm accepted and um, I was certainly loved as well. But I didn't speak German. So there was one barrier, the language barrier. And somehow the two words, the, the distance between my two words was so huge <laughs> that I just uh, started to develop this feeling that I I feel like an outsider. I don't belong here. I don't, um, yeah, this is, this is not my world, basically. And uh, yeah. That was that. That was an experience for an eleven years old, quite strong. I couldn't really express it. I couldn't uh, share it with anyone. Um, I wasn't aware of it, and didn't have the self knowledge. And um, I started to at the end of my my stay. I started to have um, every second week high fever and angina, and I started to have. Um, yeah, I, I I really felt homesick. Also, the experience itself opened me up to the world. So a lot of beautiful imprints on my soul. But on the other hand, I had this, this strange feeling of uh, 
being homesick. And then I went back to Hungary after just one year. And I spoke excellent German. And uh, I started high school. And I was supposed to fit in, right? This did you come back together with your mother or did you come back alone? No, my mom, she continued her studies. So I came back to my dad and my mom would visit us always on the weekends. And um, yeah, I had, the, I had the feeling like there wasn't really anyone with whom I could share my experience because in a way, this one year experience in Vienna changed me, you know, opened the world. And my mom, she embarked on this spiritual journey. So we were speaking about reincarnation, about... Uh, spirits about just in general about about a lot of interesting things and I started to question like okay I mean who am I and where do I come from and what's what's my role in this world mm. and I didn't uh, I couldn't really share it with anyone yeah and very vegetarian young. yes yeah. and um, yeah I just felt that okay I'm back in my home country but I'm not feeling home mm. and I'm not uh, feeling home in my family, I'm not feeling home in my friendships. And this, this wounding, actually, I carried on for a long, long time in my relationships later on. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more on how do you understand wounding? Because I think that's something that maybe people uh, might have trouble understanding. What do you mean by wounding? Maybe it's, uh, I mean, for me, I would say like it's a um, belief that I created somehow... A wounding, like um, I, I, a limiting belief that I created for myself that uh, these, these, these inner feelings, sensation that I don't belong here, this is not my place. So it's an emotional wounding, basically, that happened. Yeah. And we are quite good in taking care of the external wounds, aren't mm. we? We have so many doctors we can go to and it's quite common to even it's allowed to take time off if you have a physical wound, right? But uh, it's not that easy when it comes to the emotional wounds, especially with children. You were a very young person when that wound was created and uh, it felt very long, lonely, I suppose, hearing from you, not having someone to share that. To be, to be honest, it felt uh, I wasn't aware of it. So mm -hmm. it was there for a long, long time for it became like part of my identity. But uh, back then in high school, I created like um, a little bit like another personality, like I became like a social chameleon. Mm. So I really wanted to fit in and I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be part of the game, basically. So I was this easygoing person and, you know, a little bit of clown in the class and, and understanding. So you, you create in a way like uh, you are covering it up. Mm. somehow so that you don't need to feel the wound but it's going to surface again and again throughout life yeah. this is at least my experience from the past years yeah I can imagine so you have come back to your home country that did not feel so much like mm. home anymore you went to high school uh, there uh, you have created a new persona personality where you could fit in and also have some fun with uh, with other uh, teenagers and what happened in your life after that Well, after high school, um, I didn't really know what I want to study, but I knew that I want to go back to Vienna <laughs> for whatever reason to continue my experience. And um, then I found after some time, after some years, actually, I found uh, anthropology, mm. which was um, 
culture and social anthropology, I really found that this is this is my my path in some way. It felt a little bit like a, the first uh, step towards homecoming, mm. and uh, I you know I am specialized in in Brazil geographically, and uh, I enjoyed very much. Uh, researching about different traditions, different spiritual traditions and uh, indigenous medicine, research in consciousness. This is my my specialty in, in, in culture and social anthropology. And uh, during my studies, I fell in love with a Brazilian man and uh, his family offered to host me in Brazil in case I would do some research. Mm. And uh, I didn't know back then that this is going to be like uh, my first real uh, homecoming within me that I will experience. And I embarked on this journey. I went to Brazil and I was, uh, I really felt that uh, somehow this is, a, this is a place that feels like home for me. I remember that very, very clearly from your speech. And I remember that I, it was so heartwarming for me and at the same time surprising that you just arrived to a completely new country in another uh, continent and not having like any information that you, for example, had some ancestors coming from Brazil or anything like that. Not that I know. <laughs> not that, you know, of course, there could always be something. But I remember you mentioned and I could not understand why it was so easy for me to understand the culture, to get the language. I remember you speaking those words that it yes. was uh, very, it felt like so natural for you when you arrived there. Yes, that's true. That I, I learned Portuguese in a few months, and uh, the whole research was so easy. I mean, the doors opened up, and and people were showing up in a way that I really felt like a, a marionette from some kind of higher power. And uh, actually, I didn't realize my my homecoming until a certain experience. I was uh, researching about the life of healers, so I was doing a biographic study. Like um, how they how they entered their path, how they became spiritual healers, and why, and how they are practicing. So I, I met a lot of uh, very very interesting people, and uh, there was one day when I participated in São Paulo in a spiritist center, participated in a ceremony in a in a healing ritual with Edson, a remarkable medium. He was uh, helping hundreds of people that afternoon, treating them with uh, energy healing. And I remember that I was, uh, I was very touched from the experience, that uh, I, I felt very emotional the whole afternoon. And then I left the ceremony and I was heading towards the train station. And I just remember that, uh, you know, I had a big smile on my face. Like I really could feel that, uh, I don't know, there was like a joy growing within me, expanding in me. And uh, strangers were smiling back at me at the street. And, and then there was a moment that I experienced like, it was like my, in a way, it felt like my soul took off. Mm. Like I was somehow not within my body anymore. I was somewhere else. I was in another, in another place and I was... Uh, looking down to myself and I could just feel that I never in my entire life I felt such a boundless happiness than in that moment. It was like really like being connected to the infinite source of love. 
So it was a mind-blowing experience for me, actually. I, so if I could ask you, because I, I guess some people explain this kind of uh, moments in their life as a spiritual awakening or a moment of enlightenment. Uh, I think some people refer to that. Is that something what you uh, experience as uh, homecoming, this arriving at your soul home? Yes, I would say that was the first glimpse of my soul home, exactly. And I think that many people experience it as well. Uh, I mean, you don't need to travel to an exotic place to have uh, this kind of experience. And don't believe that everyone experiences as this immense joy. It was like, in a way, it was like ecstasy. Like mm -hmm. I was really in a, in another state of mind. And uh, I think that you can experience your soul home in different way, like in a maybe you are meditating and you are experience, experiencing a very deep peace within you or you are running in the forest or maybe you are dancing all night long. It can be just a different experience, but for all of us, it's a unique, unique experience when we connect to our soul, to our deeper essence. So that was the first glimpse of exactly. your... I, I, you've mentioned that stepping onto the path of anthropology, that felt like the first step towards uh, finding your soul home. And then that experience in Sao Paulo, that was the glimpse of your soul home. Okay, that sounds very, very exciting. So you had that first glimpse in Brazil. And uh, tell us what happened there in your life story. Well, what happened was that this experience actually left such a strong imprint on my soul. It was such an unique experience. I didn't know actually what was happening, but it just felt like such a strong experience. Also, the the whole research and the, the time I spent in Brazil around it, it felt like really I'm on the path. I'm connected. I'm in alignment. This is how I want to feel, mm. that I really wanted to come back to it. And then... Uh, I came back to Europe and then I was knocked out like hell of a lot of times from my soul home mm. and you know life took over the yeah there were a lot of experiences that uh, I felt disconnected again but every time I came back stronger and I had more clarity and slowly slowly I started to connect the dots And what I felt very strongly within me was that I want to be at service. I want to to help people. I didn't really know how, that just that I want to help people. And uh, yeah, I, I became a mom a couple of years ago, five years ago. And uh, having small children can be quite overwhelming. And you are putting your focus very much on them. And you are somehow neglecting your own inner needs and desires and uh, connection to your soul home as well. And I felt, um, I felt very strongly that, that uh, like around one and a half years ago, that I'm, I really need to do something. I need to get back to this, this place. I need, I want to be on my path again, mm. but I didn't know how. And uh, I understood that I'm not in the right place. And then I started connecting the pieces, the, the wisdom of the Brazilian healers that I was researching about, my life experiences. I always had the inner desire to write a book. And this process of writing the book, starting to write down my experiences, helped me actually a lot to synthesize. 
So is Everything. there a book born or is there a book on the way? On the way, on the way. Yes, on the way, great. On the way. Do you have the title for your book or not yet? Soul Home. Soul Home. <laughs> okay, great. Yes. Do you uh, have any plan on when the book will be ready? I'm planning to finish it off within the next six months. Okay, great. Yes. I will definitely want to read that book. That's why I'm asking, because uh, I am very much looking forward uh, to that. I am really, um, I'm really, really curious because you mentioned specific moments uh, or specific experiences where people can feel or connect to their soul home. Do you believe that we can exist in our soul home, that it can be a place where we arrive and stay at? Yes, I deeply believe that. Yes, I believe it's a process. Mm. It's a longer process, the arrival, so to say. And we can accelerate that in some way as well. Mm. But uh, I deeply believe in that, that we can live from within. Okay, that's good news. I'm really happy to hear that. <laughs> so now you've mentioned that about uh, you became a mother and I can really resonate with that and how we women... Uh, shift our focus uh, from ourselves uh, to our children. And that's also, I guess, biologically needed because our children cannot survive by themselves in the early years, right? So Mother Nature also is wise and, and probably there's a purpose in that. Um, but about one year and a half ago, you deeply felt that the time has come to mm. get back on your path. You started writing your book. And has it helped you to arrive to the conclusion on how you could actually uh, help people. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I also embarked on a journey uh, to become a deep coach. Deep coaching was something that uh, that helped me very strongly as well in connecting these thoughts and, and seeing it more through what was happening to me and how the transformation process actually works. So I extracted a lot of wisdom from from the Brazilian healers that I have been working with and I synthesize it with my experiences. I also discovered along along the way I discovered keys. I use the word keys because I think that symbolically fits to soul mm -hmm. home which are opening my soul home. So I identified eight keys that work for me, that are inner attitudes or certain things that I became aware of along my journey. And these keys are bringing me closer step by step to my soul home. Okay, can you give us an example of a key so that we can understand it better? Yes. I mean, one, one key is, uh, for example, becoming aware of, of the choice that we have We have the possibility of choice. This is something that I, when I was comparing the life stories of Brazilian healers, then I could really clearly see that they, or they walked the path of love, or they walked the path of pain and resistance. It was very interesting to see before they uh, embraced their calling and before they stepped on their path, they felt somehow the calling afterwards, they can see that they felt that inner voice mm. that they need to do something, but almost 8% of them were resisting the path. And mm. what happened to them, they uh, experienced a really strong crisis in their life. They experienced the so-called initial disease. You can also say it, and in anthropology, we use the expression shamanic disease. 
because this is a universal phenomenon that you can find all around the world in different cultures with traditional healers that before they embark on their path and accept the calling, they will have a very strong crisis. I mean, it can be, in the case of my healers in Brazil, there was mostly health crisis. There was, for example, one lady, Dona Olga. She was... Um, She was a priestess, an Umbanda priestess, and uh, she had for, she she's of Polish from her roots, and uh, she she grew up in a Catholic environment, in a very strongly Catholic family, and uh, she had a lot of resistance towards spiritual traditions like spiritual healing and energy and, you know, incorporating spirits and trance. She was like, no way. I'm not interested in any of that. Mm -hmm. Her husband, he already started to become interested in all that, but she was very strongly resisting. Until one point, she had a disease. She had an inflammation in her kidneys for 40 days. She had a very, very high fever, over 40 degrees fever. And of course, she went to the doctors, but the medication didn't work. So they couldn't really help her. And she was so desperate Her husband came then with the idea, okay, let's go to this Umbanda center and let's see, maybe you get a blessing, a little energy uh, push and you will feel better. And she was like, okay, I was so out of energy. I, I go there and let's see what happens. And she went. Umbanda is a very, it's an African derived religion. It has a very beautiful ritual with a lot of drums and music and dancing. And she was, she said, like, okay, I was sitting there, sitting and just looking at the at the mediums, how they were dancing and singing around. And she was like, and then my legs started moving, and you know, I couldn't stop it. And she felt, she was like, I really felt the desire to go, but I. I didn't want to enter. And then the priest of that Umbanda center came to her and said, you need to step in. Mm -hmm. There is something happening here. You need to, to come. He, he told that he felt her spiritual guides want to work through her. So she needs to step in and accept it. And she, was, she said, like, I went with joy. And she entered that place. She started and she said, I don't know what happened. I was just dancing the whole night and I was turning around and, you know, incorporating. She was in trance and she was incorporating all these spiritual guides one after the other. And then she went home and the disease was gone. Hmm. And what was very interesting, she said that, um, she said that actually who caused that disease for 40 days were her own spiritual guides because they wanted to show her the path that you need to accept, you need to become a priest and you need to become a healer. So this was, she's a very good example for the path of resistance. And most of us, this is how we operate, that we, we are running against the wall and the invitation is coming step on your path, do what is coming from your heart, but we are resisting it. Mm. And they were around 20% of the healers who had a completely different experience. They said they walked the path of love. So they were open. They embraced whatever, if there was a person coming and telling them, hey, come and check out this spiritual center. Then they were just going and and... Yeah, being open and, and embraced uh, whatever came 
on their path without resistance. So you have observed that pattern by looking at those healers that you have met on your journey in Brazil. However, do I understand correctly that it actually is something that it that applies to all of us, to each and every single human being? Do I understand it correctly? This is what I believe, that we always have the choice to walk the path of resistance or the path of love. And I could also very strongly see it on my path, mm. what it means for me when I walk, you know, resisting the natural flow of my life or when I'm walking the path of love, there is a big difference. Okay, so that was one of the first keys or one of the keys that you have decided to share with us today. Yes. Choice. Exactly. That's what you that's what you feel. And that choice refers to stepping into the path of love. And that means following your heart. Mm-hmm. So that's one key. Yes. So can you give us another example of a key? Yes. Another key is, uh, that was very important on my path was curiosity and open-mindedness. And it is exact, it's something that is, again, relating to the Brazilian healers and what I learned from them. Um, but it refers, of course, to, to embrace new situations to, in every moment, you know, again, we have a choice mm-hmm. <laughs> to explore that situation, that person that comes into our life, that plays that situation, or we can ignore it. And um, curiosity is something that we can apply for our outside world, but we can also apply it to ourselves. Mm-hmm. This is a very, very interesting uh, thing. I believe that if we apply like a, in a way of friendly curiosity towards ourselves, if we have a certain level of observation that we are aware what is going on in our inner world, what kind of emotions are you know, arising within us, what is, uh, or even physical issues that are unpleasant, a headache or a back pain or something, then um, we can turn with, with friendly curiosity towards that unpleasant experience and we can, we can ask, okay, what can I learn from this? Mm. What, is, what, what does it want to tell me? I, I mean, the, the word curiosity... It relates to the Latin word cura, and cura is care. Mm. So when we compassionately care about ourselves, and when we have no matter what our you know bodies are showing or emotions are showing, when we have this friendly curiosity towards ourselves, that helps a lot. That that is something that I learned. That everything that is coming along our path is teaching something. So one thing is to observe the choices that we have, either to follow our heart. Another thing is to approach ourselves with curiosity. I always love to analyze the words and see where they come from and how we forget about the initial meaning of the Mm -hmm. word and just use it in a rather or slightly or uh, rather different uh, way. So thank you for that, uh, for telling us where the curiosity word comes from. So with curiosity, you observe those little things that happen within you or outside of you. And that's pointing you towards your soul home. By observing those with curiosity, you can get pointed towards your Exactly. You are you are turning your awareness within you towards you and you're seeing what is emanating from deep within. I had a I had a key experience actually with that 
like this friendly curiosity with myself and asking what that uh, issue that I had back then wanted to tell me. When I came back from Brazil, you know, all these amazing research experiences and fantastic people. And then I came back to to Vienna and uh, there was a huge amount of work, <laughs> a PhD to put together. I had like 500 pages of interviews that I needed to transcribe and uh, and translate and a huge amount of books that I needed to, to read. And I was like, that, that is... That is very overwhelming. So how about taking a breakout? And uh, I stopped writing and, and doing my PhD and I went to Greece. Mm. I was like, okay, I'm going to do a training for five months. So I went to Thessaloniki and I worked for an NGO. I was like living the life of students and, and uh, sparting around and having mm -hmm. fun. And um, I don't know why. But uh, I, I started to develop a health issue. Started to have. Um, I started to develop a cervical cancer, actually. And I went to a doctor there, and she was very concerned about me. She said I need to, you know, go to my country and find a specialist. And it was very frightening for me back then. I was 28, mm. yeah, not a mom yet or anything. So yeah. I was, I was really shocked, and. Uh, I went back to Austria and it was, of course, there was an option of surgery and um, and um, medical healing path. But I remember very clearly that uh, I was in my my parents' house sitting in the garden alone and I, I was just reflecting about that, like, okay, what does this situation want to tell me? What is it that, you know, what, what am I not seeing in that And uh, then there was this inner voice that actually I could hear all along in Greece, but uh, I was somehow ignoring it, just write. Mm. That was the only thing that, was, that came to me, write. And when I was you know, sitting down and continuing my work, that I, I had responsibility to finish that work, I felt that this was something that was on my path and I didn't finish it. So when I sit down and I was writing it, I didn't need any medical interventions, anything. So my my uh, disease was just curing by itself. Wow, so that's it's... one of those amazing stories. So you actually have now given us this beautiful, uh, honest example of yourself actually stepping out of your path and having this kind of disease there. 80% of the healers that you've mentioned and then stepping back and you could actually self-heal something that was a cancer. Yes just by listening to your heart, listening to your inner voice and doing what your inner voice was telling you to do. That's, exactly. a, that's an amazing story. And I would ask you to just give us one last example of a key. Of the keys. Mm -hmm. um, well, that is, I would, yeah, I would like uh, to give you the example of courage. Mm. This is one of the one of the keys because one thing is having an open mind and and you know listening to the other today in their voice but uh, do you have the courage to step on that path and do you have the courage to do what you feel within you mm. and with courage that is also an interesting word that is uh, relating back to the latin word core oh. which means uh, heart so it is that your inner strength actually is connected to your heart and you are following what is what is emanating what is coming out from within you 
and you are committed to living from, you know, from deep within, connection with your heart. Yeah, this word I have myself been using uh, and this understanding of the word I have been using myself and that being courageous about something is actually listening to your heart and following your heart and doing what your heart tells you to do. So that's a beautiful example. And I can see clearly from the keys that you are giving that they are really deeply connected with each other. Yes. So it's not like you just choose one key. Uh, that will open uh, the door to your soul home, but it's actually collecting a number of keys that you need in order to arrive to your home. Would that yes. be a good understanding? Yes, my, my keys, as I can see them, they are really interrelated and I believe that they apply to other people, but I also believe that we all have like a you know, a unique path. We all have unique learning experiences that we have to go through. So maybe my keys are not applying to you. Maybe your keys might be completely different, like, I don't know, forgiveness or acceptance or different things. Yeah. So it, they can be different for everyone. So if they can be different for everyone, how would you say that people could actually look for those keys? Do you have any, like, uh, words of wisdom on how to look <laughs> for your keys? How to look for your soul home and how to look for your keys is very interrelated. It's basically turning your attention towards yourself, towards deep, going deep within you. And uh, and there is this, we all have this inner wisdom. We all have this deep inner wisdom that we can bring to the surface. We can connect to that. So it's a very simple principle. It's not something that is... Uh, that is overcomplicated. It's mm. just turn your attention towards that and maybe slow down and, and yeah. So it Don't sounds let like... yourself so distracted. So it sounds like we already have it within us. It's a matter of opening up to it yes. and collecting the keys and arriving at your soul home. Okay, so uh, as... When we were talking about uh, the show today, we also discussed uh, your approach, which which has something to do with transformational approach when it mm -hmm. comes to arriving at your soul home. Can you tell us a little bit what does that transformation mean? Yes. I mean, I'm working in, in different ways and I, I'm facilitating this process of homecoming in different ways. The key, actually, the biggest key is, you know, the person itself. So you you are the key for mm -hmm. finding your soul home and for opening it up. But, of course, there is a process that, uh, that you can facilitate um, with the support. So what I'm doing is I'm working, uh, for example, with deep coaching, deep transformational coaching. And this um, deep coaching is... is um, a new paradigm of coaching, I would call it this way. It's not so much about um, finding solutions and um, fixing problems. It's much more about uh, shifts in being. It is something, it's very deep work where you are learning to connect with your, with your inner being and you are, yeah, you are trying to to shift your focus within it has this very simple principle that you when you shift your attention towards yourself and you learn how to go within you then everything will open up from there 
you can you can imagine it like um, we all have our core, we all have our soul home, and this core is like um, a beautiful light ball, mm -hmm. and this light ball is covered up like an onion with different layers. It's covered up uh, from our fears, from our limiting by our limiting beliefs, by um, yeah, our core wounds as well. So these layers are the, I don't belong here, I'm not understood, I'm not good enough. These are the layers. And in, in deep coaching, what we do is that we are peeling off these layers. We're peeling off the layers one by one. And we are letting the, the true self, that light ball shine through stronger and stronger. It, uh, it sounds really closely to conscious healing, yes. uh, to what I am doing. So you've mentioned that you have a couple of approaches that you can offer. So one of them is deep coaching, yes. where you are uh, facilitating a process of transformation for a person because the person has the answers and yes. you are a facilitator a guide in that process yes i'm holding space for that person this is the maybe that would be the expression that that describes it uh, in the most beautiful way because a coach is like uh, if, if a person is in this transformation process transformation is a very a very unique growth process It's not everyday change. It's something else. When we when we feel this, you know, what is our inner calling, when we feel that we want to step on a path of uh, purpose and we want to yeah, fulfill somehow, we want to give meaning to our life and we want to, to do something good in this world, serve in the best way, then... Uh, This transformation process starts from that. And what deep coaching is doing is like uh, creating a space. The coach itself has an extremely important role because the coach, the presence of the coach has a certain, it's called in coaching language, it's called the resonant potential. It has a certain vibration, a level of consciousness. And the coach itself creates like an, a healing space, an energetic space which helps the person who you work with, with whom you are partnering up as a coach, that you're working through uh, in the growth process. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds very beautiful. And uh, that sounds very, uh, it's, it's resonating a lot with me for the part of my work that, uh, that is called conscious healing. Can you tell a little bit about that? I'm very, you're making me very curious what the... Yes, <laughs> so... Uh, It's very interesting, like you say, deep coaching it sounds very different from coaching because I'm also a coach, I'm personal performance coach, and that's very much about making a goal, making an action plan. And it's really, it is a number of very useful tools. And for sure, there are great questions in coaching that can help you open up, can help you change the perspective, it can help you uh, be curious and so on. So definitely coaching in that understanding, is it has its place and it's really good with helping you arrive at a destination where you would like to uh, arrive. And I 
and I have learned a lot with it and I use it a lot in my work with people as well. But then there is the conscious healing part, which sounds very much like the deep, um, like the deep coaching that you've mentioned, that is much more about peeling off those different layers that you have, the wounding, the limiting beliefs and healing those so that you can arrive at that uh, very nice uh, way you put it at that light bulb or bowl inside of you, which you call the soul home, mm -hmm. as I understand. And I think this is really beautiful because there are different approaches that people can resonate with. And we are six or almost seven billion people in the world. And of course, we are different. So we need those different languaging and different uh, different approaches. So if people would love to work with you, uh, how can they find you? You have your business right now or? Yes, yes. I'm, I'm uh, yes, I have my business and um, yeah, I'm working through coaching and I'm working with uh, teaching as well. I believe in the power of teaching. So I'm having uh, online circles and, uh, and workshops as well that uh, I will be offering actually from autumn. So it's mm -hmm. not right now, it's going to start from autumn and um Then in these in these workshops and circus, we are learning actually to hold space for each other as well, to partner up and to peel off those layers and and working with the wounds. So it's okay. So you you've mentioned that transformational approach. You've mentioned deep coaching. Yeah. Yes, and there is a there is another way that I'm working with. This is through transformational traveling. Okay, tell us Because, about it. Sounds uh, interesting. I think I just want to find a way to, you know, regularly travel to Brazil. Okay. <laughs> But uh, it is related to Brazil. It is uh, related to that I'm a cultural and social anthropologist and then that I want to bring people back to experience what I experienced. And I deeply believe that when we are traveling, then... Uh, It's like we are stepping out of the ordinary life. We are stepping out of our everyday experience. And we are leaving all these labels who we think we are, you know, the lawyer, the psychologist, whatever we are. Uh, we leave it behind and we become uh, the traveler. Mm. So our personalities and identities become kind of fluid. And I think it's, it's traveling is more like uh, connecting to your, the elemental state of your being. And uh, what I'm, what I'm um, offering basically with the travel experience is like um, 14 days experience in, in Brazil uh, where you have first you have a deep dive within you. You have this self, ex, ex, um, another word is uh, escaping me, mm -hmm. explosion, exploration, the self-exploration, self-knowing, self mm -hmm. exactly. Uh, and then afterwards, cultural experiences and, uh, you know, connection with nature. And, and uh, it's um, an interesting uh, experience, I think, for people because there are a lot of phenomenon in other cultures that when you learn about them, then your whole worldview changes how you see the world. And maybe you will experience uh, the world differently after you, you saw them like how indigenous people live in Brazil or how the African-derived uh, um, 
descendants live in in maroon communities and yeah okay so for those of you who are sitting there and now thinking oh my god that just sounds so amazing then you definitely will be able to find the information about Gabriela either at the5options.com or if you are listening to it as a podcast, just check it out in the show notes. And if you are watching it on the TV, uh, there uh, hopefully you also are able to uh, find the show notes. If not, then the5options.com. There will be the link to Gabriela's website and for sure you'll be able to find her. So just remember the fiveoptions.com and you'll be able to find it. So you are a teacher and a coach, yeah? That's like how you call yourself professionally when it comes uh, to uh, what I now believe answering to your own inner calling. Yes, exactly. Yeah, because in your personal story, we kind of arrived at that point of time where about one year and a half ago, you Mm -hmm. felt the calling for stepping back on your path. You started writing your book and you started to create your new uh, approach, the concept, the soul home concept. Actually, the word itself came to me when I was walking my dog. (laughs) Okay. So I was thinking, like, uh, how can I, how can I bring it all to, you know, how can I unite all these, the wisdom of the Brazilian healers and my life experiences that I, I integrated a lot of that, but how can I bring it together to something? And then the soul home just came to me, and it's, I, I think that it was created out of my personal story, out of my wounding of not belonging and not feeling home. So this is how I created this whole concept and by reflecting about it and working with deep coaching, connecting more and more deeply with who I am. uh, This is how this concept was born. And this is, you know, there was this inner intention for a long time to serve and to step out. But there was like a barrier. I probably needed the time as well to extract the essence of everything and make sense out of it. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. And my own personal journey has been pointing me out uh, to we are living our purpose and we can find it in our own stories. But we also have to have a number of stories so that we can find it. Right. So it's, it's a beautiful thing to be looking back into your own stories in order to find your purpose. And I also love how you mentioned the part of serving others, because I actually believe that our purpose is to follow our joy and passion and find a way to serve others through our joy and passion. So I believe that you are just speaking here what is my very strong inner uh, belief around uh, purpose, around our stories, around joy, passion. And uh, I love the word soul home. And I really think that many of us have this longing and are really looking for how to arrive at that place within us because no one externally can give us that home. Yes. It's only (laughs) us ourselves that can find it within us. But it's not so easy for many of us. I guess most of us are really struggling with uh, getting, you know, that sensation. Yes. I think as long as we are looking outside of us, 
as long as we are searching for it, you know, in the external, we will not find it. I could really feel that for, I mean, most of my life, I really had this restlessness within me, kind of, uh, I had the experiences of connectedness, but then again, the opposite of that was this inner restlessness that I felt, this tension within me that I feel I need to grow into something, but what is it that I need to grow into? And uh, what I deeply believe that... uh, purpose is your purpose is uh, it will find you so it is a process of allowing allow yourself to find so allow yourself that your purpose can find you basically i um as we have been talking about it i remember that when you were talking about the moments of this glimpse of your soul home or this experience like meditation or it could be just a walk in nature and so on, it always felt like there is a lot of peace Mm -hmm. and joy. Uh, So I was just wondering, would you say that when we are arriving at our home, uh, at our soul home, it is really peaceful and natural and easy? Yes, it is um, how I experience it today. I experience the joy. I experience the immense happiness. But um, the biggest connection or when I really um, am in my soul home for me is like uh, deep knowing. So when you are, for example, you are struggling with something and you go within and you silent your mind and you are just, you know, closing out the external circumstances, so you go within yourself, then that soul home will arise by a sensation of deep knowing. This is how it is for me today. It's really, really inner peace that everything is fine as it is. Our life is a joyful experience as it is. And the questions that arise and I want to have answered, they come with a deep knowing, not the chatter in the mind, <laughs> not that we that we hear all day long probably, mm-hmm. but it's really like a very, maybe a voice within you, but that is very speaking clearly, lovingly and not using a lot of words. It's just a knowing. Okay, so... It's a sinking within you. As I understand... We ourselves have a choice to find that soul home either by opening up to our hearts and stepping on the path of love. And that's where we can experience a lot of joy and love and passion and inner knowing. Or we can step through resistance. And that's where there is much more pain, sometimes also physical pain. Is that correctly understood? That we have that choice and by listening to ourselves, we can see that choice. We can start to see that choice. Yes, I have. I believe that uh, in some way, you know, there is a higher power. There is spirit or, you know, the universe, call it however you want, that wants to express itself through us. We are like um, this creative energy wants to throw through us and bring something beautiful in the world and we can resist it or we can embrace it and uh, yeah in a way for our soul there is no good or bad experience there is no negative experience in a in a disease or in 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 um, 
yeah, negative emotions, so to say, or negative experiences. It's just an experience. So we have the choice, yes. Yeah, because um, many people, uh, you know, before they are able to shift their perspective and before they are able to open up to different perspectives, they see a lot of pain, they see a lot of suffering in the world, and then they start doubting the beauty and the joy and the passion of the experience. And I think the words that you have used today uh, can express in a very a good way how this can work when it comes to choice and why sometimes uh, we step through those painful events in our lives that it's actually there to teach us something and to mm. show us something. So thank you for that. Did you want to add something? I just wanted to say that that was one of the big, biggest teachings actually from these Brazilian healers as well, that everything, so all the, you know, crises we are going through, they are all teaching masters. So everything is actually happening for us and not against us. Yeah. That's, that's also one of the biggest shifts that I've had for myself. It's uh, instead of, uh, you know, approaching, it's happening to me, it's mm. happening for me. Yeah. That this is also one of the ways to quickly shift the perspective of what can I learn from mm. it and how can I approach it with this curious, compassionate uh, way instead of uh, the victim or something like that so frustration yeah yeah very nice we are soon going to finish uh, our program today the time is uh, running fast when you're having very interesting conversations so i wanted to ask you uh, as a summary of it when a per uh, imagine that our listeners are right now sitting and thinking okay i want it I want to start stepping onto my path. What would be the first, like, first simple thing that they could start doing? Maybe one simple thing that uh, that you could do is just, uh, you know, sit in a quiet place and and uh, connect to your breath for a few minutes and um, silent your your mind. So drop within you, ground yourself, and then uh, ask yourself the question. Where am I resisting my life? Where am I resisting the natural flow of my life? And just sit in that silence and and wait what is emanating from within, what is coming from within. You know the answer. You know exactly. So it is finding a moment for yourself. It's something that many of us know already as a mindfulness practice. Mm -hmm. uh, finding that moment for ourselves and actually asking ourselves that question because that's what I believe you have been telling us today that we have the answers yes is about reaching inside to find them yes so thank you so much for joining me here today at the studio it was a real pleasure and for all our listeners remember at the fiveoptions.com or in the show notes, you'll be able to find all the information about Gabriela. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me as a guest. Thank you. Bye. You are listening to You've Got 5 Options radio show, where we hopefully convinced you that five indeed is a magic number. To catch up with our previous programs, apply to be our guest, 
send us your life challenge, or just to see how do we really look like, visit our website, the5options.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you will come for more. That's all, folks!